Thank you very much. So today, uh, the topic that we're talking about is He is Risen. It was amazing. Uh, we, have a, we had a great time on Friday. I think I'm doing that very easy than other guys. Um, <laughs> so it was so good. Uh, so we, we had uh, uh, powerful messages, and they only had 10 minutes. Uh, so I'm so blessed that today I only I have 25 minutes. Uh, more than you guys. So we had a good time uh, yesterday morning walking at Peggy's um, Beach just to pray and walk with one another and connect with, with our other families as well. And uh, so today we're here to celebrate. We're here to celebrate his, his resurrection. So because today is a, a most important event in the history of the whole world. It is the day where we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, Christian people everywhere in the whole world, even now as I'm standing here, I know that so many other churches even now, they are celebrating that Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. We're here to testify and to witness that today because we have seen that happening in our own lives. But his resurrection from the dead, I think um, from the dead, it proved to men that he is indeed the Son of God and also the Savior of the world. So in Romans chapter 1, verse 4 says, He was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the Spirit of holiness by His resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. And if you can just remember, Jesus, when you were starting His ministry, he was um, baptized by John, and as he was ri um, rising up from the water, and the Bible says the Spirit of God came in the image of a, of a pigeon, and then the voice of God came upon him and said, this is my beloved son, whom I'm well pleased. And now when we see at the end as well that according to the Spirit of holiness, by his resurrection, he was declared as, uh, again uh, to be the Son of God by resurrecting from the dead. So that is what the gospel of Christ is all about. It's all about his life. It's all about his death. It's all about his resurrection as well. So Jesus' resurrection, what I like about it is that it guarantees our salvation and it gives us the assurance of our victory over sin and death. Because of the, uh, his resurrection, we too now have hope of the eternal life. That is what uh, Jesus said in, to Martha in John chapter 11, verse 25 to 26. He says these words, I am the resurrection and I am the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe it? And he was asking Martha this question that, do you believe it? And if he was asking me today, yes, I believe it. But I don't know about you. Brothers and sisters, his resurrection confirms the following things. Number one, that Jesus is the first fruit. Of the resurrection. Jesus is the first fruit of resurrection. First Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20 says, But Christ 
has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. And in first, uh, Colossians 1 verse 18 says, Jesus is the head of the body, which is the church. Everything comes from him because he is the first one who has raised from the dead. So in all things, Jesus has first place. This is such an amazing thing that Jesus is the first fruit. Jesus was the All those who are falling asleep, the Bible says Jesus was the first one who has been raised from that grave forever. Because I know the reason why I'm saying forever, because I know right now you're asking yourself a question that, but the Bible says in Matthew 27, verse 50 to 53, when Jesus died, because maybe we'll learn about that on Friday, the tombs of those um, who, who were dead were open, and many bodies of saints who had fallen asleep were raised. So how do you say that Jesus is the firstborn of the dead? Yes, that's a very good question. Because although the Bible says some of the people were raised from the dead when Jesus died, but allow me to draw your attention to verse 53. The Bible says they came out of the graves after Jesus' resurrection. The truth is that anyone else who was raised from the dead they died again. Even people who were raised by Jesus during his ministry on earth, they died again. He died again. Lazarus was raised back to life by Jesus, but he died again. So that Jesus will be the firstborn from the dead. Jesus is the only one who conquered grave once and for all. And he is risen. Jesus is the first fruit. Secondly, Jesus' resurrection was fulfillment of his promises. Jesus' resurrection was the fulfillment of his promises. For all the promises of God find their yes in him. That is why through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory, as 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, because God's promises are yes and amen. Whatever he says, he do. Whatever he promises, he keeps. Jesus is the only one in the whole world who's ever made an appointment for for his resurrection before he dies. He made an appointment for after death, before he died, and he honored it. I don't know, maybe you can tell me one person who made a, a promise before he died and he kept it. Because even from our culture, with ancestors and everything, people, they make promises. I will look after you, I will do this, but once they die, they disappear. But Jesus is the only one who made a promise that I will die 
and I will come back and I will meet you in Galilee. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 10, he says these words. And when they sang a hymn, they went out to a mount of olive. Then Jesus said to them, you will all fall away because of me this night or tonight. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. Verse 32. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is the only leader who bravely made an appointment before he died that he will rise again and he honored it. Psalm, uh, Psalm 39, 89 verse 34 says, I will not violate my covenant or alter the word that went forth from my lips. Jesus is the only one who died and rose again forever. Jesus is the only one who made a promise to lay down his life and take it again, and it happened. In John chapter 10, verse 17 and 18, he says these words, For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down for my own accord. I lay it down voluntarily, and I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. Jesus had the authority to give his life for you and for me. It was his choice to go to the cross. And he said, Father, send me and I will go. You and I deserved to die, but Jesus chose to lay down his life for my sake and for your sake. Jesus is the only one who's able to make the promise and keep it. He made a promise with Jacob and fulfilled it. In Genesis 28 verse 15, he said, Behold, I'm with you and I will keep you wherever you go. I will bring you back to this land for I will never leave you until I have done what I have promised you. And it was so. That was a promise to Jacob who became Israel, now the, the nation of God. God made the promise that I will keep you wherever you go. I will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you and until I have done what I have promised you. You know, they, when Jesus made this promise that he will come again, a lot of people had that promise. And now they've decided to make a plan. Because now, when Jesus was buried on Friday, and then on Saturday, they were having meetings, 
planning how we're going to make sure that this promise doesn't come true. And when they, on a Sunday morning, when they received the news, the Bible says they even tried to use the bribe to stop his promises. Monies were given to the soldiers to lie and spread the lies about his resurrection that his disciples came and stole his body. They said, we're going to make a plan. South Africa with a lot of corruption. And they say, there's a money. Just go and tell, spread the news. Tell people that the disciples came and stole his body. And, and again, they continued and say, uh, if you read uh, 20, chapter 28, verse 15, verse 11 to 15, let me read the whole uh, verses. As the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and told the leading priest what had happened. And the meeting with the elders was called quickly, a quick meeting, urgent meeting. And they decided to give the soldiers the large bribe in Valamlom. And they told the soldiers, you must say Jesus' disciples came during the night while we were sleeping. And they stole his body. They were not afraid to say they were sleeping in, jo uh, 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 in their job. And the job that you were paid for, and then you're sleeping, they were not supposed to get paid for that. But instead, they even got the bigger money for, they were getting paid that they were asleep, not working. They say they came and stole his body. If the governor hears about it, we will stand up for you so you won't get into trouble. We will protect you that you were asleep during working hours. And also, we will protect you that this story that you're making up, it was not your problem, it was our problem. And then verse 15, so the guards accepted the bribe and said what they were told to say. And their story spread widely among the Jews, and they still tell it today. You know, when you're meeting some people who are telling you that there is no story about Jesus' resurrection, they are joining this story because this story is still spreading out to the whole world even today. The story is moving from one person to another to say Jesus was not raised from the dead. And then this is just a lie. And then because even people who are not receive any bribe, man, they voluntarily doing it uh, without getting any money. Brothers and sisters, when God blesses us with money, he wants us to use our money to spread the truth and the message of the gospel of Jesus. He wants us to tell everyone around us that Jesus is not dead, but he is alive. Though he died for our sins, but he rose again, and he is a risen king. Jesus rose from the grave. I think one of the reasons why Jesus rose from the grave so that he can be able to beg his words. He can be able to say whatever that he promised from the word and he is a fulfillment of that. You know what I like about Jesus is that he's not like the people of this world. You know, people of this world, uh, before they die, I'm talking about the wise people, 
they make sure that they, they sign the will. And then when they sign the will, they go to uh, their lawyers and, hey, can you keep this will safe so that when, when I die, should I die, then you will come and read this will to my family. What I like about Jesus is that he didn't leave the will for his children to be begged or contested by the lawyers of this world, but he came back to life. He came back to life, and he is able to beg his word himself by the truth of his words, which is the Bible. For this reason, no one can challenge the word amended because it needs no, not to be updated, it need not to be amended because the one who wrote it is not dead, but he is alive, he is risen from the grave, he can be able to testify for his word for himself. Because the Bible says he is seated on the right hand of the Father and is also interceding on our behalf. I like the way the song that we're singing that he never stopped working. He, he was working then. He woke up. He was working when he died. He was working when he rose up again. He is still working as he interceding for you and for me this morning. Because we serve a risen king. You know, I was just looking at, um, um, at our um, uh, Isilo. And after the, 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 the king died, um, there was a lot of uh, court cases and things going up and down because of the will. People were suspecting the fraudulent and signatures that were not right. But there's nothing happening about our King Jesus. Because he signed his will by his own blood and he rose again to be the one who stand to testify on his own will. As we all know, that all people who wrote their will, they will still take that will and live for their family, but they don't stand a chance to come and contest it and defend it uh, themselves because they are dead. You know, when you go and sign the will, sometimes they will tell you that you must choose someone should you and your wife die together. You must choose someone who will be able to represent your children um, so that um, uh, uh, against the lawyers, so that the money will make sure that it, uh, it, it reaches your children. Otherwise, the state will take it. So, but what I like about Jesus is that the will and the promises that he left for us are yes and amen. And it is him himself who come and say, this is what I have promised. This is what I am giving you. And it is done. This is what happened in our salvation. When we accept Jesus as the Lord and Savior of our life, he come and dwell in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is why the people of this world, they will need lawyers who can be able to intervene and assist in case of trouble. But our Bible says, Jesus, after he rose from the grave, he made sure that he shows himself to his mother, Mary, 
and he revealed himself to his disciples. And also as those two men were walking on their way to Emmaus, and he came and joined them. And it's like, what are you guys talking about? And they were started telling the story. Hey, where are you coming from that you don't know this kind of big news? And then after he broke bread, their eyes were open. They were able to see that surely Jesus is not dead, but he is risen. The Bible says he didn't only rise from the grave to show himself to his disciples only, but he is now seated on the right hand of the Father, and he is interceding for you and for me. That is why we celebrate today. That is why we celebrate because our King Jesus has conquered the grave. He came back to life. Resurrection Sunday is a reminder to all of us that the one who made promises of his word is not dead, but he came back to life and he is alive to come and defend all his promises that he made to us. Brothers and sisters, that is why Resurrection Sunday gives us hope. That is why Resurrection Sunday gives us assurance that whatever Jesus has promised in his words for us, it will come to pass. No one can take it away from us because the one who made that promise is not dead, but he is alive. Numbers 23, he said, God is not a man that he does not, uh, um, and he, he does not lie. He is not a human, so he does not change his mind. He has, he, and has he ever spoken a word and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? Because he is God when he made a promise to us and he keep it. Nothing can stand on his way because the one who wrote it is the one who was dead, but now he is alive. The last point is that Jesus' resurrection is not just that he is the first fruit of the dead. It's not just that his resurrection is the fulfillment of his promises, but that his resurrection guarantees our victory over sin and death. In Acts 22, in Acts 2 verse 24, says, God raised him up, losing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. It was impossible for the power of death to hold him. What a wonderful savior and death. In the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is the Lord. If it was impossible for the grave to hold him, so there is nothing else that can be able to stand on his way. There is nothing else that will be impossible with our Lord Jesus. His resurrection is central to our Christian faith. Without his resurrection, there is no hope for us. 
Without his resurrection, there is no conviction, there is no faith. Without his resurrection, there is no sanctification. We can't grow to be more and more like him if he didn't rise from the grave. Without the resurrection, there is no eternal reward. Without the resurrection, there is no sign of God. Because in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, they say, if Jesus was not raised from the grave, our faith will be just in vain. Without the resurrection, there will be no God. Because for the God of Scripture will be a liar. Whatever that he said, and he failed to, to fulfill it. So, but God is able to fulfill his promises. And he did that by raising his son from the grave. You know, this made me to think that, you know, the stone that was on Jesus' grave, when those uh, three women, they were walking towards the grave and say, who's going to roll this stone away uh, for us? It made me to realize that that stone was not rolled out away for Jesus to come out. But that stone was rolled away for us to be able to go in and prove that Jesus is risen. So that we can be able to have a testimony that we know that Jesus conquered the grave and he rose again. In Luke chapter 24, verse 1 to 8, I want to read quickly these verses. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, uh, taking the pieces they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went, they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. As, and as they were frightened, they bowed their faces to the ground. The men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? They're so powerful. Why you seek the living among the dead? which means it's talking about other people and other kings, other heroes. They were still leaping in their graves. They were not able to, to rise up, but our King Jesus has risen. The Bible says, why do you seek the living among the dead? And he is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, and be crucified, and on the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. They remembered his promises. They remembered what Jesus has said, and he kept his promises. Death has been, has been conquered. There is a song that says the life is worth the living because he lives. He says because he lives, I can face tomorrow because he lives. All fear is gone because I know that he holds the future. The life is worth the living just because he lives. Hallelujah. This is our song this morning that he is risen. Jesus Christ has conquered the grave. So now we have hope. We have a future. We have eternal life because of what Jesus has done on the cross, because of what Jesus has done on the grave when he conquered the grave and rose again. Now we have a future. 
Now we have hope. Now we can be able to sing and that life is worth living. Because if you don't have Jesus in your life, your life is not worth living because it's got no eternity. Your life is just a dash that will end in this world. But if you have Jesus in your life, your life is got eternal in Christ Jesus. You know, like when I was just looking at these words, the victory is when you win the war. But triumph is when you celebrate your victory before you enter into it. That's so amazing. That when, when you have victory is when you are fighting and you won the war. But when you triumph is when you celebrate your victory before you enter into it. The Apostle Paul wrote those words in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. He said, but thanks be to God who in Christ Jesus always leads us in triumph in triumphal procession, and through us, he spread the fragrance of knowledge of him everywhere. Hallelujah. Such an amazing that we were losers. We were defeated. We couldn't help ourselves. But because of what Jesus has done, but now we can rise in victory. We were like the, the Israelites when they were stay, sitting with Saul and all the Israelites hiding for Goliath. But when David came and conquered Goliath and cut his head and came, came with the head of Goliath on the stick, all of them rose up and celebrated as the one who, who conquered Goliath. Because of what Jesus has done for you and for me, we can celebrate today. Because Jesus conquered the grave, he won us this, this war that we cannot win on ourselves and on our own strength. So today we stand victorious. We stand like as, as heroes. We stand as the one who conquered the, the Satan and death and sin because of what Jesus has done on the cross. You, know, you see, it is our God's will that we win every fight because he is the one who always causes us to triumph. In Romans, in Revelation chapter 1, verse 18, he says, I am he who was dead. Now I am alive and live forevermore. I want to conclude with these words. Because of Jesus' victory over sin and death, the gates of heaven that were closed, the gates of heaven that were closed in front of us, the separation that we had from God for many years since the time of Adam and Eve, those gates were lifted up. Were lifted up by the victory of Jesus over sin and death by rising from the grave. Through Jesus' death and resurrection, we have now received the access to the eternal life. We have access to the eternal life. Because the Bible says he gave them, those who believe in him, he gave them the power, he gave them the authority to be called the Son of God. Those gates were lifted up. Those doors were open so that you and me can be reconciled to God. So that you and me, we can have eternal life that we didn't have. This, our sin separated us from God. It becomes like a wall that was separating us from God. But when Jesus died on the cross and he rose again, he broke down that wall. So that you and me, we have an access with him. So Psalm, Psalm chapter 24, 
verse 7 to 10, he says these words. David says this words after Jesus' victory over Satan and sin and death. He says this word, lift up your heads, O gates. Be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is that king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory, Selah. Hallelujah. He's mighty to save. Our God is mighty to save. This is amazing God that we serve, that when Jesus won that victory on the grave, when he died, the Bible says the curtain in the temple torn open from top to bottom so that we can have an access to the holies of holies, so that we can have an access in the presence of God. But more than that today, David is telling us that now the gates were open. The doors were lifted up so that we can have an access in the eternal life of God. So that we can be seated with God in Christ Jesus. Because even now as we hear, brothers and sisters, we are seated with God in heavenly places. Because of what Jesus has done on the cross. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is strong and mighty because he defeated Satan and death. He set us free from the bondage of sin and death. And again, he gave us access to the eternal life. Maybe you are here this morning. You haven't had this personal encounter with Jesus. Your sins are still not forgiven. But today is your day. Today can be your day to celebrate your salvation. Today can be your day of your new life in Christ Jesus and receive all the promises that God has signed for you and for me. The Lord is mighty in battle. Through Jesus' resurrection power, God wants to lift up the gates. He wants to open up the doors of your dreams. He wants to open up the doors of your vision that's been shut by the power of sin and Satan over many years of your life. But today, he wants to lift them up by his resurrection. Jesus wants to lift up those gates and redirect your purposes. He wants to redirect your life. He wants to come in and intervene in your situation. But the question is, will you allow him in your life to this morning? Jesus is standing at the door of your life and he's knocking. Will you open the door of your, of your heart today and allow the king of glory to come in. God wants to give you a taste of his goodness over your life so that once you have experienced it, you can be able to go out and tell the world and tell your neighbors and tell your friend that Jesus is not dead, but Jesus is alive. He is risen. He has conquered, the, he conquered sin, Satan, and death so that you and me can be set free. This message of Easter is a message everyone not only wants to hear, but it is a message that everyone needs to hear. 
It's not just people, they want to hear this message, but it is a need. It is an urgent message that people need to be set free from the bondages of sin, need to be set free from the eternal death. They need to be set free from every chains that the enemy has bound them with. The world around us needs to hear that Jesus has conquered the grave, that Jesus has risen as a king. He is a risen king. I don't know if you ever noticed that Jesus didn't just conquer his grave, but he conquered their grave. The reason why Jesus conquered the grave is because the grave represents all kinds of grave that the end of our sin. Jesus has conquered the grave of our failures. Jesus has conquered the grave of our sicknesses and whatever kind of grave that the enemy has put you in and locked you in. For many, many years. Today, I am here to tell you the good news. I'm here to tell you that because of Jesus' resurrection power. Today, Jesus is opening those doors. He is breaking those chains. He is lifting up those gates so that you can be able to come out and be set free in the name of Jesus. Today is a day of your salvation. Today is a day that you can be able to stand up, to shake up the dust and rise up because Jesus is alive. Because Jesus has won the victory for you and for me. You know, today, for some reason, I can sense the power of that draws Jesus from the grave that is in the room. I can feel the power of Jesus that rose him from the grave that is touching people's lives today. Your life will never be the same because of what Jesus has done on the cross. He died on your place and my place so that our lives will never be the same. Jesus, who is strong and mighty, Jesus, who is mighty in battle, has come to give you victory over your situation, over your battles, over your enemies. Jesus has come to give you that victory. He is calling your name today. He is calling your name right now to come out of that grave. He is calling your name right now that I have won the victory. You don't have to stay in that situation anymore because you are victorious. You need to celebrate your victory. Don't sit down and look morose. Be excited in the presence of God because God has won victory for you. I can see those chains falling. I can see those doors opening. I can see those gates being lifted up so that you can be able to rise up with him in the mighty name of Jesus. Jesus is here to set you free. I want to pray with people this morning who say, Jesus, I am here. I just want to thank you for the victory that you have won for me. Today I can triumph. Today I can be able to celebrate my victory even, even before I come out from my situation. I just reminded of the story of Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. I am reminded of the story of, of, of Paul and Silas when they were in jail. They celebrated their victory while they were in jail. That God will come and break those chains, will open those gates, will set us free. And they say we know that the God that we serve will be able to save us even if he didn't save us but we know that his name will be glorified 
God wants to be glorified in your life this morning. If you're here this morning and say, maybe I've been locked in this grave of sin and death, but I am coming out. I am coming out not because of what I have done, not because of my strength, but I am coming out because of what Jesus has done, for because of the victory that he has won for me. Maybe you are in this place. You are, maybe the enemy has locked you in a certain situation in your life. Maybe the financial situation. Maybe the health situation. But I want to invite you this morning to come and pray with us this morning. If you're here, run, run up front. Jesus is here to meet with your situation. This is not just a bedside story. This is a real story. We serve a king who conquered the grave. Namkaja, Jesus wants you to come and receive your victory this morning. Don't just sing about that he is risen. He wants you to experience it. He wants you to have an encounter this morning. Come to him this morning. He is waiting for you. He wants to do a work in your life today. He rolled out the stone so that you can be able to come out through this morning. Even if he rolled out the stone, if you decide to sit in your grave, it's your choice. But today, he is choosing to say, I've rolled out the stone. I am calling your name that you come out today so that you can walk up and back, go back home victorious because of what Jesus has done for you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want us the, the band, maybe please, to come and join us and sing about the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper. Because a, he made a promise and he keep it. And I'm glad even today, he wants to keep his promise over your life this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. If you haven't accepted Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life, this is your moment. This is your opportunity. If you feel like you've been stuck for many years, You've been chained by the enemy in so many kinds of situations. But today is your breakthrough. God wants to set you free in the mighty name of Jesus. As we sing, we see those chains breaking. As you stand up and shake up the dust and come up front, those chains are breaking right now in the mighty name of Jesus. As we sing this song that is making a way for you. He's making that way for you today because he wants you to experience the miracle in the mighty name of Jesus. I want us to pray before we, we start uh, singing this song. Lord Jesus, we thank you. Thank you, Jesus, that when you came from heaven, you came and lived a life for us. You came and suffered. You came and died and rose again so that today we can be able to stand here and receive this victory for free without paying any cent without doing anything, without fighting any battle, but we come and win our victory this morning. Mighty God of Jesus, we pray against fear. We pray against shame. We pray against any doubts that the enemy is bringing in our hearts. But today we're taking our stand to receive the victory that Jesus has won for us. We thank you that you're making a way where there is no way. You are the kingdom yesterday, today, and forever. Lord God, we thank you. Come. And reign among us, Lord God. Come and fulfill your promises. Because your promises are yes and amen. We thank you that you are doing it right now. As we sing, if you want to join us as we pray, come up front. We want to love to pray with you. We've got a pastoral team, got eldership team here that will be glad to, to pray with you this morning. Thank you, mighty God.